This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here for another segment of our special draft recap show with myself, Jeff Nowak, alongside Steve Geller and Charlie Long. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to do that. Leave a rating, leave a review, and who dat? Hope you enjoy it. We're not jazz festing, but we are draft festing. Actually, that's that's a wrap. We are Uh, now recapping the draft festing. We think we retire that line. The draft fest? Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's a draft recap. Oh, re- draft fest recap. There you go. Sorry, he went for it. He went for it. He, you know, he, he I, was, took it. I was he, feeling it, yeah. and then you just kind of <laughs> shot me down. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all, you know, we all make mistakes. But we are recapping the draft and leading off one of our favorites from down under. Tony in Australia. How you doing, mate? What's up, man? G'day, Steve, Jeff, and Scully. How you going? I give, I give the draft sort of an A-. minus. Okay. I like the essential tackle. I like the quarterback. And... I like the moxie of the running back. Can you say the quarterback's name? I want to hear what he sounds like in an Australian accent. Jay Kanger. There it is. There yeah. it is. Uh, so what time is it there, Tony? Can uh, past two Monday morning. Man, I appreciate the dedication. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so what was your favorite pick of the draft? Probably the, the quarterback, followed by the offensive tackle and, and the wide receiver. No, I agree with that, yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, uh, Sal DeVere – one of the things that Dennis Allen pointed to for him is, uh, you know, he could be a tackle down the road. And I think we talked about this with Cesar Ruiz, right? He was a center that can play guard, right? We talked James Hurst plays tackle. He can kick into guard. And I think that when you have a whole host of players who can do that, it makes your life a lot easier on the offensive line because you don't have to carry a backup at every single position, right? Like, you don't want to have to carry a backup center because at least not on game days, right? Like, you might have one in the wings who you could bring in if you need them, but but on game days, you have a limited number of active players and having Cesar Ruiz there who you know if McCoy goes down, he can shift over and you can carry an extra wide receiver. You can carry an extra safety. Yeah. Um, And I think that there's value there, especially because your safeties can all play in multiple spots. Your cornerbacks can kick in a nickel. Your, you know, your linebackers can all play all three spots. I think that's when you're a team that likes to disguise your coverages and you like to move people around, that is so valuable. So Tony gave it an A minus, right? Yeah. And I, I think we'll probably get into our draft grades yeah. overall, like what what you guys do it. But I, th- I think A minus is pretty close to what I give it. Mm-hmm. We were talking about like, Sal DeVere just plus. wanted to get into some of the things he had to say after getting drafted. So here's some audio from the fourth round pick uh, after getting selected 103rd overall. I'm an offensive lineman at the end of the day. I'm not in one box. I don't play tackle, guard, center. Like I play it all. And I take pride in that. I take pride in having the ability to do that because it's not easy. Everybody can't do that. Um, so I take pride in it for sure. I think I have a lot of like strong points in my game, like my feet, my anchor strength, my hands. And versatility is kind of just one focal point that kind of separates me from everybody else. Nick, at the, at the Senior Bowl, what were your conversations like with the Saints? What are some of the things they said they liked about your game? 
Yeah, so I think what they liked was my football IQ and my mental ability. Like, sit down, go through film, and learn some plays from the Saints, and have that have my, like have me recite my job and this assignments for everybody back to the coaches. And then that was one meeting, and then another meeting was kind of just getting to know me as a person and my background and everything, and we meshed well. And just it was good, good energy that we had going on. And I could tell that they liked me for sure. And I definitely liked the people that I was meeting with as well. That was Saints fourth round pick Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion uh, listed as an offensive tackle. But as you heard right there, he's got that versatility to play up and down this offensive line, which we know position versatility is so so key on this Saints squad. And yeah, when you're dealing with a ton of injuries on the O line, that's going to be helpful as well. One thing that I always get a kick of when we're when the Saints are drafting and they take a player that you like isn't the common name that everyone's looking at, right? Like everyone knows Anthony Bradford, everyone knows Chandler Zavala, and they take Nick Saldaveri. And the the critique that I always see and find funny is like, man, I can't believe they took this guy over this guy, as if like the Saints just forgot that that guy was on the board and they took the guy who they had a lower grade. It's like, no, I guarantee you that they had a higher grade and they had a better scouting profile. <laughs> on Nick Saldaveri than they had on the guys left on the board. And whether you agree with that or not is one thing, but they didn't just make a mistake and draft this guy. They scouted this guy. They liked this guy. And they went up and got him because they were concerned that if they sat and waited at 115, he would not be available. And so, like, I have no issue with them taking a chance on a guy if they've done their due diligence, and that's what they did. So, like, I'm not going to hate a pick just because I don't know his name, right? Like, that's what I wish more people would do is just, like, take a step back before you tweet, man, this was a terrible pick, and be like, okay, what is the vision here? And I think the vision is premium depth at a position that you needed depth at, which is behind Andres Pete. Although he is a he is a right-handed guy, he'll probably be backing up Cesar Ruiz, and that means I think you're going to work James Hurst in at, at the left guard spot and be that backup for Andres Pete. But either way, you have – much needed depth at the guard spot, and I'm happy about that. No, you mentioned that, you know, folks getting obviously upset if they don't take their guy, the Saints don't take yeah. their guy, and we saw that happen, I feel like, when the Eagles landed Nolan Smith right. at, at the end of the first round, and it was like, well, why didn't the Saints get right. him? It's not like they just forgot. Like, it wasn't like, a mistake. Well, it doesn't fit their scheme. Right. Just because that Baby, was your guy <laughs> doesn't mean he was the Saints guy, and, and I think that's important to remember. Yeah, Saldaveri mostly played right tackle, but I mean, if he can play anywhere on the right side, or Jeff, you're saying maybe on the left side, I think they more kind of see him on the right side yeah. with right guard or right tackle. I mean, Ryan Ramchek was dealing with a lot of injury issues this past season as well. So, and Mike Dettelier has said multiple times, offensive line is the position that gets injured the most. So having good depth at the at that spot is, is really important. I do think also people underestimate the difficulty of – Oh, you've played at right guard, you've played at right tackle your whole life, and they're like, oh, well, he can just play left guard. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is not that simple. Think about all the things you do. Like, if you if just you, inverse it. Right. Yeah. You, you use your cell phone with your right hand. Suddenly, try to spend your entire day typing in your cell phone with your left hand. It is not that simple. Some people are ambidextrous, and that's great. <laughs> it's not, it is not easy to do. And so, like, I've seen, I think James calls in all the time and says, oh, they should just move Spencer. Trevor Penning, Spencer Penning, Trevor Penning to right tackle. You because, like me now with names. Right. I was like, no, he's played left tackle his whole life. Like, sure, maybe he can move over to the right side of the line, but what if he's significantly less effective on the right side than he is on the left side? You're just going to move him there because you don't think he's good enough to play left tackle? Like That's not how it works. He needs to get better at left tackle. And I think that's the same thing with, with Nick here is you want to make sure that he is efficient at his comfortable position 
before you make him do anything uncomfortable. And I think that's why you're going to have him stick on the right side of the line. And then maybe, you know, you go down the road and suddenly it's like, yeah, he can. Like, uh, Ryan Ramchick, as a rookie, he moved all around the line. And that was great. And that's one of the reasons everyone looks at him as like, wow, what a great pick. Um, And so we'll we'll see what Nick has. We, we feel good about what we were able to accomplish over the last three days. You know, we felt like we had a lot of quality players that fit what we're looking for, uh, and, and they filled some, some of the needs that we had on the team. Saints head coach Dennis Allen talking about the Saints Hall in this year's draft class. Want to hear from you, Houdat Nation, your thoughts, uh, expectations heading into training camp. Well, actually, rookie minicamp will be coming up first. And, yeah, I mean, pretty soon, guys, we'll be talking about rookie minicamp, OTAs, Saints training camp, we're just around the corner. And I, oh, actually, there was news this morning. The NFL draft will be getting released, I believe they said the May schedule. 11th. The, the schedule. schedule. Yeah. I was what did to I say, just what say? What are you talking about? You said the draft. Yeah. The draft. The NFL schedule will be released May 11th. May right. 11th. You know, oh, let's talk about Kayshawn for a couple <laughs> minutes here. You know, Kayshawn Booty dropped to the sixth round. I, I, I was pretty confident after seeing him at his pro day. Yeah huffing and puffing after running like six routes that was like ah uh, if i'm a scout watching this there's no way there's no way because i see a guy who put up terrible numbers at the combine had a really rough final season granted you know he's coming back from the injuries and you give him credit for that but you know the the burst wasn't there jumps 28 and a half on the vertical jump which is crazy then doesn't try, even try to improve on it at his pro day doesn't run a 40 after going four five and then like his other one was a four seven five and it's like oh this is just not a good look and what I, I saw that, and I was like, if I'm a scout watching this, no way. No way. And he's never been good in an interview, so I'm sure he's not blowing people away with his enthusiasm and, yeah. and what, what you know. And so he goes in the sixth round. And it is interesting because you look at a guy like A.T. Perry. is another guy who goes in the sixth round who probably deserved to go a little higher. And I think what happens is you run out of guys you have grades on when you're getting later in the draft. And Bill Belichick was at LSU's pro day in person. He got a really good look. And when you watch Kayshawn move around, you can see the talent. You can see the ability. It's just like, is he going to put in the work, right? And I think what happens, you get in the sixth round, you get in the seventh round, and you're not just drafting guys. You're not just going after guys because they're interesting. You're going after the guys you scouted. Like A.T. Perry said, Cody Burns was at his pro day. They, They spoke, the Saints wide receivers coach, Cody Burns talked with him at the Combine. They had information on him. It wasn't just a shot in the dark. It wasn't just throwing a dart at the board with your eyes closed. And I imagine that's the same thing that happened with the Patriots. He was probably one of the few guys left that they had a grade on, and they were like, well, this guy is talented. We know it's there. We just have to tease it out of him. And that's why you end up going to the Patriots. So hopefully, like I said earlier, that's a chip on his shoulder. Hopefully he's not just looking at that like grumpily, like, oh, man, I can't believe that. Hopefully he's like, they doubted me, and now I'm going to put in the work to prove that they were wrong, or at least this Patriots were correct for taking a chance on me. And that's what I question with Kayshawn. Like, I think when you hear from AT, you kind of get the, the impression that he is going to use that as motivation. Hopefully Kayshawn does the same thing because I want him to be successful. I'm, I don't like trashing the kid for not working hard and not living up to his potential, but that's what's happened. He could have been a first-round pick. That's crazy to or see at that least fall. A day day the year, two he pick. was projected to be one. Right. right. He should have been at least a day-two pick, even, even late third round. It's like, okay, he struggled. He's coming back from injuries, but you can see it. The reason he's a sixth-round pick is because he didn't even bother to get into shape for his pro day. He did right, not do the work in the offseason, and that's what you hate to see is guys wasting talent. You know, you're talking about A.T. Perry, the sixth-round pick, number 195 overall after that trade with Denver. Here's what he had to say after getting picked by the New Orleans Saints. I saw your uh, your tweet that the Saints won't regret this. Why won't they regret it? 
I was expecting to go higher, but um, it was some minor stuff that got in the way of that. So, uh, but hey, I'm here now. I'm happy that you guys took me, and I hope it make a big impact on the field. Are you able to say what some of the minor stuff was that impacted things? I mean, they they said it was some, like some character stuff, which hmm. kind of can confuse me. But uh, uh, there's nothing that I can do about that. Or you know, just saying the past is the past. Let's, let's get this going. So putting that aside, what should fans know about AT Perry? Hey. I'm a playmaker. I'm a baller. I love football. I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about my position. And uh, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to come and make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Set the tone um, and be there for the team. So. Chris Allen was quick to praise about being big body, making the contested catches, something that the Saints, you know, were lacking a lot last year. Just what makes you so so strong at that? I'll probably say my creativity. You know what I'm saying? Just reading defenses and, you know what I'm saying, making adjustments when it comes to, you know, running routes. Stuff like that, just seeing different things um, while I'm on the field. You know what I'm saying? Just, I just go out there and see what I see and just make plays. That Saints new wide receiver, A.T. Perry, 6'3", 205 pounds, nice big body. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the uh, being able to high point a ball, going up to get it. Uh, just really curious, though, he mentions those character issues, and that's so unfortunate for a guy that I, I've searched online and uh, you know I haven't seen anything pop up at all, but – for that, something like that to hurt your draft stock, obviously, when it's been fabricated or something that's not even true, just I can't even imagine how frustrating that can be for someone. Yeah. So first things first, he did. He was holding a, a like a, a young pa- child yes. uh, during that interview. In case you were wondering why there was a bit, little baby sounds, he said during our interview that he had twin daughters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then they're obviously very young. But when you talk about character, it, it's it's interesting. It's a little different than in the, in the NFL draft than it is in like everyday life, right? It's a grade more so than anything else. And I think a lot of times you're kind of talking about multiple elements. Like we're talking about with Kayshawn, your your work ethic is part of your character grade, right? We're not always talking about like, okay, getting into trouble off the field or what, how, he didn't get along with his teammates or, or whatnot. It's a lot of times it's like, okay, did he do the work in the offseason to get in shape? And that's part of your character grade, right? Yeah. And and I think at, at certain points, once you get below a certain line and it's aggregate, you get below a certain line and then it's like, that's a red flag. And a lot of teams will say, nope, you're coming off my board, right? Like a lot of times for the for the, uh, Mike Boff from the Saints uh, National Scout, when he was talking to Mike Dettelier and Mike Haas prior to the draft, he said, there's red cards that go up on the board. And if you have a red card, you are not getting drafted at any point. And it's for whatever reason, a lot of times it's health. Like that's come, you come off the board. And in certain cases, it's like there's just this kind of aggregate number of things that work against you and you and you get knocked down. And I think that's what happened with AT. And hopefully that's not true. Hopefully it is much ado for nothing. Um, but teams are investing in you. And if they consider, they kind of label you as a concern for one reason or another, you get knocked down. And so hopefully he can buck that. Not a concern. The amount of touchdowns that guy catches the last two years, what was it, 27, 28? Yeah, yeah, in two seasons. Yeah, but he was incredibly productive. Jeff, I really enjoyed the clip that you posted on Twitter of him just oh, getting yeah, yeah, mauled yeah. by the Clemson defensive back. And then at the very end of that, after he makes the catch like over the shoulder when he's getting like pulled down he doesn't by even DB. fall he no he doesn't at all but i love seeing the clemson db like saying that he pushed off I'm yeah like, right you're holding him the <laughs> right. whole way he's literally getting attacked <laughs> yeah. by this guy the from the top DB's of the like route for a flag after he just gets owned by at perry it's no and, great. I, and that's and i posted that clip because you know we talked to dennis Allen at the end of last season and one of the things that he was very clear about was like we need a contested catch receiver that is something we did not do and obviously michael thomas is as good as it gets but. at the contested catch <laughs> 
But he was off the field. He didn't have anybody. And right. that's what I think the Saints were looking at in this pick. Is like, this is a guy who can fill that role, even if he, he's on the practice squad next year. You know, if you need him for a couple games and, and you need a guy who can be that guy, especially in the red zone, I think that's important. He's definitely my number one guy I'm looking forward to for training camp. Oh, yeah. he can battle oh, yeah. it out and make that roster. Next Emmanuel Butler? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, we don't, him out. <laughs> we don't want any training camp superstars. Yeah, right. right. But yeah, that, that I mean, as you well know, that happens where guys end up shining during those training camp sessions and then somehow even disappear come preseason games. You're like, wait a minute, where is all this that we've been seeing on the field all this time? And sometimes it just doesn't translate. Yeah, the funny thing is, Emmanuel Butler actually did play well in the preseason games. He got a touchdown for Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> against the Jets, I think it was. And it was like, oh man, he's the future. And then he just disappeared. I think he's wow, in wow. the XFL or USFL, right? Yeah, I, I doubt it. I, I mean, I haven't heard from him. No, um, right. But I think that's a good example of like, you don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. Is the guy putting in the work? Right, like you see it on the field, and a lot of times the athleticism in camp can outshine maybe not necessarily doing the work behind the scenes and doing the the self scouting. Right, we talk about Isaiah Foskey, and one of the things that Dennis Allen said about him is not only was his character grade good, his character grade was so immaculate that they didn't even really have to do a lot of scouting in person. Like, DA said he didn't even really have to go interview him that much. Just watch the tape. Yeah, it's like all I had to do was watch the tape because we were like, there's zero questions about his character, and I think that makes it a lot easier to draft you. And, you know, these kids coming through college, it's like you need to consider that. Is You know, obviously there's stuff you can't change, and there's stuff about your background that you can't do anything about, but you can do make an effort to present yourself in a way that teams are going to be like, this is a guy we want on our roster. So the reason the Saints draft a lot of team captains, right? That means something to the right. Saints. And they're not the only team that can say that. Yeah, you, know, you mentioning Foskey. He was definitely someone who was very impressive sounding in his uh, post-draft interviews with the media. Here's the what the 40th overall pick out of Notre Dame had to say. This is the one time I wanted to go to that talked to me a bunch. I just fell in love with them. Yeah, we saw the the video of you getting picked, and you you kind of stood up, and like uh, Marcus Freeman just told us, it was like you flipped the switch, and you're just the intensity just came out. Can you just explain that moment a little bit? It was just like emotion. You can't you can't bottle in. You can't. You just gotta let it go. That's what happened. That's just family all around me. It just I don't know. Like in that moment, you just gotta do what you had to do, and I just stood up. Got like I was about to run through that TV. I was like, I'm ready to go right now. Uh, you mentioned that this is a. Team that you you spoke to quite a bit. I know you went to the Senior Bowl. Did y'all have other conversations all throughout? And did you have a feeling that this might be on the way? It's- yeah, so I, I met with them during the pro day, doing a lot of uh, film work with them. Met them in the, uh, at the combine, talked with them a bunch, did a whole bunch of Zoom meetings with them. So this is a team I talked to so much, fell in love with them, loved the coaches, started talking to them a lot. And just the vibe of the whole team is New Orleans, man. I just I, this is like the team I wanted to go to. I kept telling everybody I want to go to this team. This is the team I want to go to. What was it that stood out to you that made you identify the Saints as the team you wanted to go to? Just I wanted to be underneath a not underneath, but like working with a vet like Cam Jordan. That's the guy that I feel like that's the that's the Hall of Famer type of guy, and I can learn from him. Be a sponge and soak it all in, but like compete at the same level as him. I can be trying to go on the other side of him or be him. So that was like the biggest thing I wanted to do: be underneath a vet, be with the vet. And New Orleans was a great thing. Yeah, Cam Jordan right there. Does it mean something extra to you that they've used their first two picks to get defensive linemen? Defense means something here? Yeah, it definitely does. I want to go on a team that is defense and D-line pretty much oriented. Since the first pick with Brian Breesey, me and him is going to be dominating the, uh, the front seven. So that's great. 
That's Notre Dame defensive end, well, former Notre Dame defensive end, Isaiah Foskey, now a New Orleans Saint. 11 sacks in back-to-back seasons for the for the Irish. We we hope he can duplicate that kind of production coming on the Saints defensive line. You know, we, we haven't had that guy opposite of Cam Jordan really, I feel like, since Junior Gallette. You know, we, you talk about the sacks, and I'm not even looking at the sack numbers. I know he's going to be productive. I know he's going to be able to chase down quarterbacks in the open field. The numbers that stand out to me, and I was just, we were just talking to Charlie uh, about this, is six forced fumbles in 2021. He had another one this past season. That's in awesome. Four, four blocked punts. And for a team that couldn't turn the ball over for the life of them last year, I mean, I like to see that. Production, production, production. For yeah. the people that think that we reached for Isaiah Foskey, this is a guy that they fell in love with his tape. As yeah. we said, there are no character concerns whatsoever. So they just watched his tape. They saw what he could do. He gets pe- a bunch of pressure. He can strip the ball. He's really like, and he's going for strips. He's he's actively trying to, as he puts it, create havoc. The tape the is just excellent yeah. on this guy. Anyone that, that, that thinks we reached, I don't agree. You I know, it's a great pick. Saints have that great rotation. Obviously, you have like uh, Tano Passanio, Carl Granderson uh, in the mix. Obviously, Cam Jordan starting, and now if Peyton Turner can get his, I hope this lights career a fire. Ta- under yeah, exactly. Right. And if you have. Foskey and Turner producing for you at that end position. It could be really, really uh, hell up front for other offensive lines going into next season. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I thought you might have been going to a clip there. I couldn't tell you had that look in your eyes. But no, I, I think I scared the board up too. I think the the interesting Colin was thing like, with, "What are you doing?" The interesting thing with Foskey too is, and Dennis Allen said this. He's a he is a developmental pass rusher. Those are the words he used, and and he says that in a complimentary way. Like, he's not saying, oh, he's not good enough. He's saying, you know, this is a guy who has the Notre Dame program record for sacks, sacks. Yep. and we still think he he has a ceiling that he can reach. You know, he's not at where he – he's not at his ceiling as a pass rusher. He has a lot to learn, and he's going to sit – he's going to go under Cam Jordan's wing, and he's going to learn all these moves and counter moves that, that he might not have as a, in his arsenal right now. And – you always want to see that. Like, you don't want to draft a guy who's playing at his ceiling at his ceiling in the draft. You want to draft a guy who has room to grow, and that's what they see in him. You can tell he's coachable, too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just based off his personality. This oh, is a yeah. guy that's going to take coaching and he's going to soak everything up like a sponge. And, you know, the ceiling is super high on him. Like, he already had all the production in college. Now you go to the NFL level, you're yep. getting NFL coaching, you're learning from some great NFL talent. He's I, I'm I'm so excited for this pick. This is the pick that Bobby was really fired up about. I'm the same. I really, really am excited for Isaiah Foskey. I mean, if if you listen to the Inside Black and Gold, like I've been talking about this kid in the second <laughs> round for months, and I'm just glad that it's like like validated, right? Well, it's like if you were wondering whether I was just full of it, like <laughs> clearly the Saints saw the same things I did. Long arms, athletic. The other thing Dennis Allen pointed out, and this is something the Saints really needed to do, was get more athletic at the end positions. They didn't want to sacrifice size, but they did need someone who could get in the open field and chase down a quarterback, and that's what they got in this. And uh, Isaiah Foskey. You know, we, we've been going through some of these players and our reactions to the picks. The Brian Brzee pick at twenty nine. Uh, definitely filled that need. Uh, we heard from him, great character player, and hoping that that early production, I guess, from his college career can, you know, translate now. Obviously, after having what was it, shoulder, and what was the other injury? Do you know offhand? Uh, I believe it was a knee, no. shoulder, knee, and I know he had the issue, a terrible issue with strep throat that caused. Yeah, the illnesses are weird. Like it's like, do you count that against the guy? Uh, like he had a kidney infection, but that's like like I don't know how. That... Yeah, I'd never heard of like a kidney infection happening from strep throat, and I, that, that I, caused yeah, him I mean, to miss. But the, either some time. way, it's like I'm not. Worried no, you can't. About... You can't really. 
I mean, it's not like an aggregate thing. Like usually you clear that up and it's done. But I mean, I, I guess it just goes back to an availability thing. Like, are you going to be impacted by stuff? And I don't know. I, like, I, I'd like to see him work. I want to hear from him. I want to get to interview him in person and see how he operates. Because um, I think that's like when you're, when you're talking about a guy acclimating to the NFL, it's always a question. You know, does the work he did in college translate? Does his work ethic translate? And, you know, you get to you really get to see that, um, you know, rookie minicamp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp. And uh, like a guy who I think shined in all of those sessions last year and a guy that I think there was a lot of questions about in the second round last year was Alante Taylor. And instantly hmm. you could see and hear that this is a kid who is ready to to work at an NFL level. He's doing all of the behind-the-scenes work, and you can tell just by hearing him talk. He's not faking anything. He's doing the work. And you saw that when he got on the field. He was ready, and he was very impressive. And so I think you do learn a lot from those, those, that whole process. It was an ACL tear for yeah. Brissy back yeah. in 2021. So. Okay. Yeah, and like we were saying, I, I can't – and I wouldn't hold the, an illness against uh, somebody, especially something that I don't think lingers no. and, and no. sticks with you kind of right. thing. Like, are you going to hold the fact that Marshawn got <laughs> – a bruised kidney against him going forward? No. I mean, weird things happen, and uh, it is what it is. Uh, just want to draw attention. So the Oakland Heart Jeweler talking text line. Uh, he says, good morning. He says he loves our podcast, Inside Black and Gold. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. This is uh, 2575. He says, as far as the draft, I would have liked that they had picked up a linebacker or another tight end. Love the comments on the running back from TCU. He's talking about the, the Alvin Kamara thing. I'm Showed coming for number one, He's right. confident. Definitely confident. Um, and I think that's something we can get into is what positions of need are left because I think it's a good point. Linebacker and tight end, you did not address that in the draft. And you going into the offseason now, you have lost the tight end in Adam Troutman. You have lost the linebacker in Caden Ellis. And you have thus far not replaced them with anyone but UDFAs. And we had another text about Nick Anderson. And, you know, if you're a Tulane fan and you want to root for a hometown guy, I think he has a chance to make an impact on this roster. 